Hey, thanks for queuing up the podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I just wanted to make you aware of three music marketing resources with an emphasis on one in particular. There's a good chance you're already familiar with my flagship title called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook and perhaps even the 5-Minute Music Marketer. Both of those titles are well worth your time, but I want to make you aware of another title that doesn't quite get the attention as those two do. And that one is called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. I'm really proud of this book, and I think you would get a lot out of it. And basically what it covers is what I consider to be nine timeless principles of music marketing. So regardless of the new website, app, or tool, because they're always changing, as you know, these are principles you can apply no matter what. They're timeless. They tap into that eternal connection that people have with music and with music makers. So I think you would get a lot out of this book. It's available on Amazon in at least a dozen countries in both paperback and ebook formats. So go check it out. The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And now, enjoy the episode. This is the Music Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Music Marketing Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to be paying tribute to the late, great Ralph Murphy and sharing some of his incredible songwriting tips in the process. My name is Bob Baker. I'm your host. I'm the author of the Guerrilla Music Marketing Handbook and the Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing and many other resources for singers, songwriters, and independent musicians like you. Before I tell you more about Ralph, I'm going to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you don't already do so. Perhaps you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, or an app that I really enjoy listening to podcasts on is called Radio Public. You might want to give that a try if you don't know about it. But regardless of where you are, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, I would like to stay in touch with you a little bit more regularly. And the best way to do that is to get on the Music Marketing VIP list if you're not on that already. And that's real easy to do. Just go to my website at thebuzzfactor.com. That's thebuzzfactor.com. Look for the little image on the right that says Music Marketing Secrets. Click that, fill out the form, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you're on the list. And you also get a bunch of free, helpful resources. My gift to you to help you promote your music and attract fans and all that good stuff. Because to succeed in music, it helps to just feed your mind with a lot of best practices, good ideas, inspiration, and then take action on those ideas and find the ones that work best for you. All right, so if you recognize the name Ralph Murphy, you may already know about him. If not, just let me give you a quick little synopsis of his life. He sadly passed away in recent weeks at the age of 75, and Ralph has a long, illustrious career in the music business. He 
either wrote or co-wrote many hit songs by artists such as Crystal Gale, Ronnie Millsap, Randy Travis, Ray Price, Shania Twain, and many more. He produced a lot of bands over the years, including a band I remember from back in the day from Canada called April Wine. But over the most recent decades, he worked, I believe, as a vice president at ASCAP in Nashville, and he made the rounds to just about every music conference. So if you attend music conferences, you probably have seen Ralph or heard him speak. He was a fountain of knowledge about songwriting. He researched it. He immersed himself in this topic and just had some great advice, especially for hit songwriters and about hit songs and the aspects of songs that made them hits. He was also the author of Murphy's Laws of Songwriting, which you can find on Amazon. And I was very fortunate to have met and interacted with Ralph on a number of occasions. With me, it was primarily at an event called the Taxi Road Rally that happens every November in Los Angeles. And I crossed paths with Ralph there a number of times and had some great conversations with him and always found him to be a, a warm and encouraging guy. So about six years ago, he spoke at a conference and there's like a 40-minute YouTube video of that particular talk. I grabbed the audio of my favorite eight minutes from that talk and just thought I would share it with you on this episode of the podcast. In this segment, he talks about lyrics and pronouns and the point of view and song structures and rhyming and just a ton of great stuff. And so I'm going to turn it over to Ralph's talk, and then I'll uh, chat with you a little bit at the end. In song songs, as opposed to dance songs, the title is supposed to be a destination, not the whole song. So you have to treat titles differently. While we're on the subject of titles, in the internet age, the titles have never been more important. They're king. The part of the song that you most remember better be the title. Because after you've heard the song or part of it once and you do a Google search, you'd better be able to find it. Otherwise, there is a pushback. You feel like you're deprived of that song. You want to find it. It's hard to find. So getting noticed and not giving the consumer the opportunity to purchase are major, major no-nos. You don't have this some dreamy, oh, I, I thought the moon shone and it's really about loving you, baby. You don't do that. Expectations. Now, this leads me to the next topic. It's very, very important. Creating an expectation, then fulfilling it in 60 seconds. Most listeners don't go looking for new music. They want something they are familiar with. That's why singers who want to lure people to their websites start with a hit song. That's why the idols, the X-Factors, always use hits. Most consumers want songs they have good associations with. So if you're not speaking to me, about me, or a situation I heavily identify with, I mentally tune out. And it won't be long before I physically tune out. I have noticed that in nearly all number one songs, the first three or four lines lead directly to the title. Look at your title and then look at, back at your first three or four lines. If they don't lead me directly to that title in 60 seconds, you've got a loser. You've got a failure. 
Because remember, you're creating someone that never existed in a place that never was, doing something that never happened, and I'm supposed to believe it in 60 seconds? You only have 60 seconds to get me. That is the role of the hit songwriter. The pronoun. Okay, the little big word. I call this is a huge little word. Mainly because, and I've talked to other teachers about this, men always write, she's the greatest thing, she, 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 she. And women always write, he, 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 he. Well, when you go to a concert and say that you're a beautiful woman and say this guy, the studly looking man leans over and goes, I love her, you don't give a shit. (laughs) If he goes, I love you, you're invited in. Very, very important. Almost all number one billboard songs of all genres use the pronoun you within 30 seconds from the start of the lyric. The unfortunate thing for you, songwriter, is that after you use the pronoun you, then you have to tell the listener all about them, how wonderful they are. It's called playing the you card. Once you play the you card and you invite that listener in, you got to tell them how great they are. And again, this is the problem. Remember why you write, tell the world about you. I don't give a shit about you. I don't care about you. I want to hear about me as you see me. That's your job as writers. Remember every song that you heard when you were growing up, you know who it was about? It was about you. The writer of the song gave you you as they saw you. You didn't care about the writer. You didn't say, gee, I wonder how the writer felt. You didn't say that. They invited you in. They did their job. Well, you, it is your turn to do yours. Okay. Detail. A dear friend of mine, Hall of Fame writer, as a matter of fact, an inductee of several Halls of Fame, uh, Harlan Howard once told me he always wrote for women. He was of the opinion that women physically bought 50% of all records made and made men by the other 50%. That means detail is a huge factor in hit songs. In my research, I have found that the more graphic the detail given, the greater the chance of success. A lot of people are confused, by the way, by Taylor Swift and the fact she sells almost as much physical product as she sells digital downloads. Now, you would think her demographic would 14, 16-year-old girls would just digitally download. Well, look at how she communicates to women. The first line of, we are never, ever getting back together again. In the very first line, she says, the first time we broke up, which means this guy is a serial offender. He's a jerk. Then she comes, about two lines later, she says, Then you came to me and said, you needed space? When a man says to a woman, look, we just need a little time apart to consider options, she hears you doing somebody else. (laughs) Then in the last line of the verse, yahoo, she says, and you said you love me, trust me? When a man says to a woman, trust me, run like a bandit. So every... (laughs) Every mother and grandmother knew immediately that Taylor Swift was the perfect guide to bring their daughters and granddaughters through puberty. She was nobody's fool. And they were right. Rhyme scheme. This is really important. All the great writers do it, and they've done it for my lifetime. No matter which six commercial structures you work in, and you will note that there, although there are seven shapes or forms or structures, I call them structures because they're basic outlines, only six of them make money, and of the songs making money, changing rhyme scheme section to section is vital. I mean, look at the Lady Gaga stuff and whatever. 
In every structure that makes money, by changing rhyme schemes section to section, what you do is you alert the listener something different is coming their way. By the way, if there's no changing of rhyme scheme verse to verse, it's a, big, it's a pushback to the listener. Being consistent, however, verse to verse is called integrity of rhyme. Once you establish a rhyme pattern, you have to honor it that, that next verse. And unfortunately, recently, there's been a rise in an ensemble writing. Like if you look at Black Eyed Peas where they write their own verses and whatever, they'll change pronouns. Oh, he's so blah, 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 and then you are the one for me, and they change rhyme scheme. And unfortunately, most young writers hear that and think it's acceptable. It is not. Structure. Craft is everything. Take an automobile. You're always going to need a fuel gauge, whether gas or electric. You're always going to need uh, rearview mirrors, spare tires, sound systems. All cars are different, but they're all basically the same. Well, it's the same way with hit songs. And you notice I said hit songs. As I mentioned before, there are seven basic shapes or structures of the popular songs. I, being a hit hound that I am, I've really got to, to delve into this because this is fascinating that 80% of all pop records, number one, are written in exactly the same structure. And I don't know what you're going to call it, but I call it a lift or a channel or a pre-chorus or a climb. In the United Kingdom, it's called a bridge. But let's say, let's just, we'll call it a pre-chorus. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Vestigial, little two-line middle eight, or a rap, or whatever you choose to put in there. Lift, chorus, and out, or chorus, and out. They are basically written in exactly the same structure, which means the expectation of that person dancing is they want it in that form. So there you go. Words of wisdom on songwriting from the late, great Ralph Murphy. Again, that was from a much longer workshop that Ralph did some years ago. You can go to YouTube and search for Music Matters 2013, Ralph Murphy, How to Write a Hit, or just look in the show notes of this episode and I will link to that YouTube video. Also, I've got a link to Amazon where you can uh, check out Ralph's Murphy's Laws of Songwriting book. Now, Ralph wrote the book on songwriting laws, but I happen to have a book with laws in the title of it about music marketing. I mentioned it earlier. It's called The Nine Irrefutable Laws of Music Marketing. And if you'd like to learn more about that, well, surprise, surprise, there's a link to it in the show notes. But the bottom line with this book is I identified nine principles related to music marketing that are more timeless in nature. So regardless of what the latest website or social media app or gadget is, you can apply these principles to whatever comes down the pike. If you fully embrace and understand these nine laws, you'll have a lot easier time knowing how to use all of these awesome digital tools that are available to you. So again, subscribe to the podcast or follow it, whatever the wording is on whatever platform you're listening to this so you never miss an episode. Go to thebuzzfactor.com and get those free resources and get on the VIP list and I'll send you periodic updates about my latest podcast episodes and books and resources and all kinds of stuff like that. And also seek out more advice from uh, Ralph Murphy. Uh, there's tons of stuff on YouTube alone where he was either interviewed or spoke at a music conference or something along those lines. So if you really want to up your songwriting game, 
take a little deep dive into uh, the legacy and the wisdom of Ralph Murphy. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you. I wish you the best. This is Bob Baker saying so long for now. Right.